This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 40 and we're dealing with the the baker and the butler's dream the dreams that Joseph gave them insights into, he gave them interpretations of, and how that affects Joseph's life in the times to come. And so that's what really chapter 40 is all about. And it is important. And you say, why is it important that he interpreted a dream? And why does that matter? First of all, I would say that it has importance for sure, no matter what, because even in the Pentecost sermon given by Peter in Acts chapter 2, he, he quotes Joel chapter 2, Joel 2, 28, and he tells us that the old men, will, the young men, and it's a quote of Joel 2, 28, the young men and women will see visions and the old men will dream dreams. And what is that talking about? What that's talking about is that we have insight into the spiritual through visions and dreams in scripture. And that is not something to really be argued about. Now, I know people can jump pretty heavy off the deep end and get all caught up in those things. And in fact, Pete warns against that and warns against getting caught up in wives' tales and and myths and things like that, that will cause you to get off track of actually being rooted and founded in the truth. But The truth is that there is an aspect of that goes on. Even when God was speaking to Miriam and uh, Aaron outside the tent of meetings, he said to to the prophets, I speak in visions and dreams, but to Moses, I speak face to face. As you can tell from even that passage, God would prefer to speak to us in uh, face to face. He'd prefer to speak to us by our spirits through his Holy Spirit. And he'd prefer to tell us things and teach us things that way rather than going through visions and dreams. But that is a sometimes the hard, difficult thing. Sometimes, oftentimes, the things that we don't want to hear from God, vision or a dream, especially a dream. And many people have what I would call prophetic dreams. They have dreams that have definitely have biblical symbolism and can open your eyes and show you those things. I do believe in them. I don't believe that he's giving you those things all the time, that every night or every week there's a new dream or vision. I don't really think that's that's the most important way for God to speak to you. In fact, it's quite obviously in Scripture he would prefer to speak to you face-to-face. He'd prefer to to speak to you through his word. He'd prefer to show you things. But as I say all the time, that God's revelation is relevant. And what God would like to say to you 
is relevant for the time and the place you live in. And so if you're if you're in a certain situation, I definitely could see God giving you a vision to give you an understanding or a hope or a dream to give you some kind of idea how to see certain things, especially something that might be pressing on your heart heavily, might be weighing you down, might be causing you to struggle deeply. If that's going on in your life, if those things are going on with you, then I could see how God would give you some kind of understanding or dream and allow you to have a new view of it, or at least reorient your view toward God's word. And we see this happen. It happens It happens for Joseph, and his interpretation of the dream elevates him to the second in charge of the king of Egypt. He is Pharaoh's second and speaks for Pharaoh and does everything he does from Pharaoh's power and from Pharaoh's authority. We see Daniel rise to second in charge of Babylon and then later the Persian Empire because he interprets a dream. Not only does he interpret a dream, he's given that dream by God. He's not told the dream by the Babylonian king. The Babylonian king demands that he not only interpret the dream, but that he tell him what the dream was because he knows that God, if God gave him the dream, then he can tell someone else the dream and give the interpretation of that dream. And so in the book of Daniel, that is a very powerful passage where we see Daniel not only get the dream from God that Nebuchadnezzar had, but he also interprets that dream. It may have been Artaxerxes. I can't remember. It's one of those Babylonian kings that he interpreted that dream for. And so you could see that dreams have great value. And I don't discount people's dreams, but normally when I hear somebody talking about having a dream, they're talking about all kinds of things. And usually if I'm going to hear somebody talk about a dream that they had and it have spiritual context, I look immediately to see if there's any, if there's any reason to think they have spiritual context by the visions, by the, by the symbolism that would be in the dream. If there's really not any biblical symbolism or they don't work together, I just throw it out of, out of hand. But every once in a while, I'll hear somebody say I had it, and it's very specific. It's very to the point. I saw this, and this happened, and I saw that, and then this happened. And those things that they generally see are very biblical in the sense that the symbolism ties together, and you can actually understand maybe where God's taking them with that dream. Every once in a while, I can see that, and I give them an understanding that that I have from the symbolism, not necessarily tell them exactly what God's trying to say to them. I, I always turn them toward Scripture, and nowadays, especially, if you're having a dream and you want to know whether it's got any biblical purpose for it, if it's actually a dream that is coming from God to give you any insight, you ought to dive into the Word of God and see if any of that symbolism ties off to your dream. And what a great way to, to dive into God's Word and see if God is actually speaking to you that way, because He will take His Word and he, His Word will reveal what God wants to reveal to you in that dream, even if it may be an initiated in the dream. God's Word's ultimately the source of understanding and insight, and he's going to give you that. Acts chapter 2, Peter said, in the end times, there's going to be young men and women are going to have visions, and old men are going to dream dreams, and who am I to tell you that's not the case? There'll be a lot of people who say, you're just spiritualizing scripture. I'm not spiritualizing scripture anymore than scripture spiritualizing itself. 
And uh, thank God scripture does spiritualize things because without the Holy Spirit, we would be lost and blind. And so it is important. It's an important aspect of who we are that we listen to and follow the Holy Spirit. And that is one way. It's a lesser way than actually direct revelation from God's word to your situation. It's definitely a lesser way, but it is a way that God speaks to the hearts of individuals, especially those who are not tuned into him. And if you'll notice in all those situations where people have dreams and they're interpreted, generally speaking, they are people who do not have a very good access to God's truth and God's word. And that may be the key right there. Or they don't, they're not seeing God's word the way God's word is presented and the way God's word actually is. And they need to be reoriented toward that. And that's always a positive thing too, to have your heart and your mind oriented toward God's word. And that's why I tell you to go to God's word for those interpretations. It says in verse five, that the butler and the baker and the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison had a dream. And both of them, each man's dream in one night and each man's dream with its own interpretation. So they got two men having separate dreams with separate interpretations all in the same night. Now, that might tell you something because two's the number of, of confirmation, a faithful witness. And so it can be the number of divisions. And in all actuality, these, these dreams are going to diverge. So it actually functions in both symbols. It says, and Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad or dejected. They were dejected. They'd had a dream and it seemed neither one of the dreams that they, that they liked. And especially in those cultures, dreams and visions would have been very important and they had no interpretation of it. They didn't understand it. And they were afraid and dejected and sad. And so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of the Lord's house, of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? He said, he said why, why, why are y'all sad? What's going on? Obviously, Joseph cared about who he's placed in charge of. That's a, there's a leadership principle right here in verse 7. Oftentimes, people say, I'm in charge, I'm the leader, and they don't really care about anything that goes on with the people under them. If you're going to be a leader who has no concern for those you lead, eventually you'll find yourself leading no one. And that's just a fact. Not really hard to figure out. If you're going to lead people, you need to figure out who they are, you need to figure out what their passions and desires are. You need to figure out how they tick. And then you need to learn how to maximize who they are and how they function and make them great. Because in making them great, as they follow you, they will make you great. And that's just a basic principle of leadership. That's the way leadership works. And it works in the South and it works everywhere else that way. You, great leaders know their people and they lead them by making them the best they can possibly be in the situation. And so Joseph was a great leader. It's quite clear in scripture that he was a fabulous leader. And he led because he had actually eyes to see what was going on in those he was in charge of. And you say, was he in charge of these folks? Absolutely. He's placed in charge of these two men. These two men were men of great importance and they had not lost their position. They'd just been punished in prison. And so he cared. He had great concern. He knew they had high positions and they were people of great importance. And he said, what's going on with you guys? Why are you sad? And they said to him, we've each had a dream and there's no interpreter 
of it, meaning they didn't have any of their mystics there to come in and tell them what the dream meant. They were stuck in jail and they've had a dream and they want to know what the dreams mean. And obviously these guys don't know anything about Yahweh God. They don't have a relationship with the one true God and they're just trying to figure out mystically what's going on. And they said to him, we've had a dream and there's no interpretation of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Notice he's orienting them toward God, not multiple gods, but God in the singular. And he's saying, do not these interpretations come from God? And why do they belong to God? If it's a dream from God, then it's obviously his. He made it. It's his dream. He gave you, and the interpretation is going to come from him. This is a great orientation, as I was talking about earlier. It helps you see that it's important when you're dealing with dreams to orient yourself toward God and his word, not come up with your own fanciful ways to interpret a dream. If you're actually going to do dream interpretation, which, by the way, I've already said is the lesser form of revelation from God, the higher form is God revealing himself by his spirit through his word. But if God needs to get to you and allow you to see something that you wouldn't have seen before this way, this would be a way he would do it. But you've got to reorient yourself toward God and his word in order for that dream to be revealed. He says, tell them to me, please. Notice, I like please there. Everybody likes please. You should please too. Okay? Don't be demanding. Ask nicely. And that's what he does. He says, then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph. And he said to him, behold, in my dream, a vine was before me. Anytime you throw vine out there, for me, that sends up a signal. If you were telling me your dream and you said there was a vine before you, we've already dealt with a whole lot of, we had four sermons in a row about the the parable of the vine dresser in the first part of Mark chapter 12. I love some vines. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. He who does not abide in me bears nothing, really. He says, behold, in my dream, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. Well, three, I always think of the God, there's God. It was as though it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. So there's three branches, and there's clusters of grapes, This is looking good. He says, then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And obviously, he's the butler, so he's going to be handling the Pharaoh's. By the way, the butler was many times the the cup bearer. And he said, it was in them in Pharaoh's cup. And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, okay, my cup runneth over. There's all kinds of spiritual symbolism in this passage, all kinds of spiritual symbolism. There's harvest of goodness. There's wine, the goodness of God. The cup is full. He's got control of the cup, and he's placing that goodness in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph has said, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. I didn't see that, but he did. And it says, now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore it to your place, meaning he's going to restore you back to your position. He's saying, this is good news. He says, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. Notice he's saying you're going to be restored back to your position. He's a bit upset with you, but he's going he's to put you back into place where you ought to be. 
and it's going to happen in the next three days. That's that we always want those good interpretations. Am I right? We always want to have those interpretations of a dream that tell us we're going to get we're going to get that Mercedes Benz uh, that we always wanted, and it's going to happen in three days. Everybody wants that interpretation, don't they? They don't want the Baker's interpretation. It's going to be pretty bad, but this one's a really good one. And and I can see I can see that interpretation in this dream. And obviously it was straight from God because Joseph walked with God and he knew it. And he says, but notice in verse 14, he says, a little help for me. I want a little shout out from you. He says, but remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. He's saying, if you get out of jail, get me out. I can identify with that as an attorney, okay? Get me out of jail now. And Joseph's asking, I've given you this interpretation. If it comes about to be true, and in all actuality, if it comes about to be true, he ought to give him a shout out. Now, let me break it down for you a little bit, okay, as believers. Just because you help someone else out in the kingdom, don't expect that they're always going to remember you and love you for it, okay? Because... A lot of times people, you got to remember, they start off selfish and it's hard to get away from it. And you can help somebody out a whole lot and they'll just turn their back and forget about it. Now, they may remember 10, 15, 20 years from now, but you needed to help right now. And I have been in that position in my life many times where I needed help right now and I was helping somebody else out and they had the ability to help me out and they didn't give me a hand up at all. In fact, they just walked off and did their own thing. That happens. If you're going to serve God, you're serving one master and that master is God himself. And you need to expect that your, your shout out, your hand up, you need to expect that that, that is, is only going to come from God. And when somebody actually loves you and loves you and honors you for the things you've done in their lives, well, that's really nice. And it's really something that is special because it is you generally speaking, something that's special. <laughs> <laughs> because not everybody does it. And if you're doing God's work, uh, don't expect a reward from anybody else other than God himself. And in fact, that's where really where your reward's going to be. And in heaven, everyone is going to remember all the great and wonderful things that you've done for them, all the self-sacrificial things that you've done for them. And uh, that is where your true reward is. And we'll talk about that Sunday morning in worship. And so he says, but remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me, make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house, or get me out of jail, really. And remember, he is in the jail, which is in the home of the chief jailer. He says, for indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I've done nothing here that they should put me into this dungeon or into this jail. He's saying, I didn't do anything to be here. Will you help me get out of here? I shouldn't even be in Egypt, and I'm stuck here. If you notice, he's throwing a hair bit of a pity party, Joseph is. There's a slight pity party here. He's doing what he ought to do. He's being who he ought to be, but he wants out. And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the key is, can you continue to do what God has taught, called you to do, even when you're not in the position or the place where you want to be? Can you do that? And Joseph is doing that. Now, he's trying to, when he realizes I might have an opportunity to get out of this situation, he's trying to figure out how to do it, and he's trying to use this butler as a means to get there. 
And eventually that's going to happen. It's not going to happen in Joseph's timing, but it's going to happen in God's timing. Eventually all these things are going to come about and they're going to come about for you too. They're going to come about in God's timing for you too. You be obedient. You be growing. You be becoming. You be maturing. You be about the business of God for your life and allow him in his due time to promote you to the positions that he has designed for you. And not all positions are designed for you. So many things that I wanted to do and be in my life were not designed for me and were not good for me. There there have been so many things that were possible, but not in God's timing, in God's hand for me. And I got to be okay with that. And there's been a lot of things that I didn't even imagine could be possible for me. And God has opened doors and made it possible for me. And I wasn't even looking for it. And those, generally speaking, have been the best things in my life. And so I would say to you as you're studying, as you're out there in the world doing, let God be in charge of what's going on in your life. Let him be your promotion. Let him be the one who makes you into who you should be. And let him be the source of, well, all the great things that he does. And let him be God and you be faithful. And if you'll do that, you'll eventually get out of jail, okay? You will. Terry, I always ask on Sunday morning, aren't you Aren't you glad you're here not in jail? That comes from a true heart right there, and I am too. Joseph was just trying to get out of jail. God got him out and placed him second in charge of the kingdom. God's going to get you into the place where he's designed you to be. You just be faithful and let him be God, and he'll take care of you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.